Welcome back to the Jake Swell Podcast. This week on the School of Unlearning, we are on week two of our monster series. Let's get into it. A lot of interesting things happening with this series. Good morning, Mr. Paul. Sure, how are you? I am doing well. Ah, just imagine oh. me stretching. I just felt it. That's good. This is the moment of the stretching. Well, there's a couple issues. One is it's a wonderful rainy fall day, which I love. Mm-hmm. Little cold rain. Did you notice that the trees just they like, just showed up? Mm. They showed up. We we sold them short, and then the 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 ridge driving into church is glorious. It is, and so the that, water, the rain is like it, setting it off. It is, and it <laughs> and it's so needed, and uh, everything's so dry, and so there's that. And today is my 31st wedding anniversary. Well, congratulations yes. to you and Whitney. Mostly to Whitney. She is oh. an amazing woman who <laughs> deserves statues, uh, laud and praise, and will be great in the kingdom of God. So before you came here, you told her, hey, Whit, you should really listen to this week's. Yes, that's right. Because <laughs> I'm going to say nice things. I'm going to talk about the most beautiful, loving, amazing mm. woman who's ever been created by God. What if the whole podcast was about Whitney? Could we? Could okay. we? All right. Bring this it. would help me because... Uh, <laughs> Um, uh, yes, <laughs> I, maybe I wouldn't have to buy flowers or maybe I should buy flowers. Mm. I probably should. All right. Well, you hadn't said that you might've gotten dang by. It. Uh, edit that part, Jordan, just, uh, <laughs> Jordan's not going to edit that. He's going to roll his eyes and go on. Oh yeah. Yeah. So you know what, uh, was super fun. What? <laughs> Watching you preach with passion this last weekend. Yeah. You brought it buddy. Thanks. Man, it was, um, it was like we were speaking something that was coming from your heart. It was like we're in a yeah. in a topic that like has messed with you in the best possible way. And um, it was an interesting one for me because I haven't spoken for six months. Wow, I don't know if it's been quite that long. It's yep. but it's been a while. Yeah, and and there was a very good reason why we yes. took a break, and I'm very grateful for it. But um, yeah, a lot's happened in that time. A lot of my own health improving. Yes. Um, but I, I remember when you first brought up this series, I think it was July or something. Yeah. And you told me, I'm thinking we're going to go here. And I, I remember like my eyes lit up yeah. the moment you said it because it, it, it felt like it resonated with what I was going through, yes. what I was experiencing at yes. that time. And, um, and then, you know, prepping it and, and getting ready for it, it was a bit of a bear in a good way because, like you said, it, um, if you really care about it. Yes. <laughs> Then um, it's not the easiest thing to do. You, 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 it takes a lot of time and care to get it where you want it. So, well, it came through, and and I mean, so much of this is, I think, really resonating with our entire staff, including our overseer team. Everything we're doing with inner life, because it it has really tapped into a passion. I think of the church. It's one of my personal passions, and it's this thing of formation. Um, and a lot of times we just, we got our new formation pastor this week. Yeah, Brian we is here. He's Yay, cool, everybody. He we is. like him. He's going to preach actually, not this week, not the next, but the third. He's a brave man. He is. And he's eager to do it. Awesome. You know, um, his, it, he, he, it's going to be good. And uh, we just were t- going over some stuff this morning. You know, he's not just a, I just really like him. I just really like oh, this yeah. guy. He's fun. He is. And so it's going to be very fun. Um, but this thing of formation, people say, what is a formation pastor? Well, it comes from a verse in scripture where the apostle Paul says, I am as if I'm in the throes of childbirth, some guy saying that metaphor, but just, <laughs> just, and, and, and he says this, until Christ is formed in you. Mm. And so Paul says, I am laboring, I am pushing, I am desiring to see Christ to be formed in you. And what does it mean for Christ to be formed in a person? It means, my goodness, that, that they think like Jesus, 
they they respond and act like Jesus. That that they 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 have Jesus governing their emotions. They care about the things Jesus cares about. More and more, the person of Jesus permeates their life. So with the Apostle Paul, we can say, it is no longer I who live. It is Christ who lives in me. The life I former lived is gone. I am not who I was. And so when when you start seeing that, when we start seeing that, we start fighting for that, man, that is what this place is all about. That's what, just as a pastor who has that kind of heart, that's just that's just my... Mm-hmm. That's just what I want. I want it for myself. I want it for my kids. I want it for the people. So when we come to a topic like monster, um, which is a heavy topic, I mean, we're, we're doing it real tug and cheek. I mean, we're doing the, 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 the cute drawings and that, and it's just really wonderfully packaged and, you know, inside baseball, we're doing that to disarm you. We're doing that to sneak <laughs> around your defenses. Just like it's Jesus. not going to work anymore, Paul. Uh, wait, a, wait, a, wait, a, <laughs> explain the magic trick, Paul, but it, it's in the spirit of parables because yeah. Just to say it, we we see but we don't see. We hear but we don't hear. We become dull. We 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 have hardened ourselves. We become familiar, and very often what that does is that shields us from actually seeing the very things we need to see. And so, monster is really our attempt to have a deep conversation that would come out of an inner life, which is a love relationship with the Trinity, where we regularly interact with 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 the Triune God in all the different ways we can in such a way that we're transformed. And, and one, of the, one of the aspects of that is paying attention to our dark side, paying attention to our mm-hmm. shadow side, what we're like when we're not healthy. And when it gets bad, when it gets um, established, when we, when we are entrenched in a false narrative, and particularly when we add religion to it, mm. when we add the certainty of, I do read my Bible, and I do go to church, and I do good things, where our shadow side, our dark side, we become unsafe people. And so, so to have that kind of a deep conversation, and, and we've experienced that personally. We've experienced that as leaders. This weekend I'm going to talk about um, just the dark, one of the darkest times in my life where I just was not a safe person. I was, I was, I was not okay because of some things that had happened to me, some things that I did myself, some patterns that got established, some, um, you know, just... A narrative I was telling myself was a narrative of entitlement. And when you, when you get to that place, man, you get broken and you break other people. And then Mm -hmm. that process of becoming aware of that, and we're going to talk about an ancient Christian practice that, my gosh, we desperately need to rediscover and reimagine because we don't really understand what it is, that the ancient practice is confession. Mm. This idea of saying, you know what, um, boy. That's right. So, so what confession is, is not just giving God a big list of your sins. What confession actually is, is, um, is, um, agreeing with God. Mm. It's coming and saying, okay, I've been listening to a false narrative. I have justified things I should not. This is what you say, God, and I'm going to start agreeing with you. And, and that not only aligns us with God, it aligns with the reality it aligns us with the way we really are and the way things really are. And sometimes it's ugly. Sometimes it's hard. Sometimes the challenge for some of us is to see how bad we are. For, for, for others, it's the opposite. For others, it's, I need to confess that God is with me and he's done some good things and I'm not just garbage and, you know, I'm just not a terrible person who God forgave and he's going to leave me a terrible person. He really is bringing us in this process of formation to make us good people from whom good things naturally flow. Mm-hmm. And so confession is this beautiful gift of getting with God and saying, God, how do you see this? 
God, what are the narratives that I'm telling myself? You know, and, and we're going to look at the second part of the David story, and I don't want to give the sermon before I give the sermon, but but um, <laughs> uh, stay tuned. Um, um, what a teaser, right? Um, mm. But this whole thing of of passionately wanting this for people, yeah, is is what I think what's fueling us right now, and um, it's really really re-energized me. Um, it, it also, you know, just to be to say it, it's created some angst in me too. Cause I kind of, um, here I'm going to put myself, uh, in the role of Jesus. Uh, I, I kind of can really relate with Jesus who, um, you can feel Jesus's frustration with, with the religious crowd, right? Mm. Because there's only like two or three times where it actually says Jesus became angry. And every time it's with the religious crowd. Right. It's with the folks who think they have it, but they don't have it. People who think they can see and they can't see. People who are invested in the certainty of their religious paradigm, their truth statements, but they don't know God. They, and, and so the, 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 the clearest example of that is Jesus was in the synagogue on the Sabbath. They had strict rules about the Sabbath. And there's a man there with a withered hand. And so this is a healing that Jesus is going to do, but it's a healing that could have waited. Yeah. So, so the religious leaders would have said, you know, another 24 hours, this guy with a withered hand, you know, if you're going to heal, you better not do it on the Sabbath because that's work. And, and Jesus, it says, Jesus looked, saw them, saw that they were trying to trap him. And so if Jesus reaches out and touches this guy's hand, the guy gets healed. Um, and so it says, Jesus looked at them and says, you know, what is lawful on the Sabbath to do good or to do evil? To help or to, to which one of you have had an ox fall into a well would not help the animal? But here's a son of Abraham. What, what, and, 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 and they looked at him and they didn't say a thing. They were just hoping that he was going to reach out and touch so they could trap him. But instead, the Bible says, he spoke, open your hand. And without any work, just the word, mm-hmm. it happened. And they were frustrated by that. They were angry by that. Uh, so they, 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 that's when they start like plotting to kill him. And, and you, know, you have this incredible, beautiful picture of transformation that's waiting and people who are so steeped in their certainty and their false narratives and their religiosity that they can't celebrate hmm. this incredible, beautiful thing. And that's when, and it says, it actually says when they wouldn't respond to his question, it says Jesus became angry. Jesus in, it was angry. And, and I, I just, I feel some of that, that right now. So, you know, I, I just, this, um, just desire for people to, to have this you know, to, to, um, discover it. The, the flip side of it is there's also this deep, profound happiness and joy, because I can't tell you how many conversations I'm having with people who are saying just in a very deep and profound way, yeah, I got some monsters or other people yeah. are saying, I'm discovering inner life. Um, you know what I've, I don't know that I've ever really lived in the love relationship I'm supposed to have with Jesus. I don't really know how to spend time with Jesus. I, I completely agree. Uh, we So as a staff, um, we're doing this thing right now, which is, I think, really cool that we're doing. We're going through a book, Emotionally Healthy Discipleship, and we're taking time uh, every hour a week. We're basically having these little mini small groups. Yes. Um, so we're getting together, and we're studying this book, and then we're we're talking it through. And that has been really, really life-giving. But I, I had one of our staff members just mention, you know, normally when I'm talking to my staff friends, we don't talk about the messages all the time, no. you know, because right. as a staff, we we live this. We're yes. here all the time. We, yes. you know, but there's something about what we've been doing the last couple months, this, mm-hmm. this inner life stuff that is stirring up not everyone. I mean, right. including us. Right. And I think that is beautiful. And I think it's taking us, a little bit by surprise. I mean, yep. we know it's important and we, we've been saying this is the hard work. This is the real work. 
but um, it gets deeply personal. Yes. Um, and to speak to the to the monster thing, I mean, one of the things I, I think is beautiful about it is is just for all all of us staff and everybody who is in our congregation for all of us to be honest with ourselves and say we all have this. Yes. It's not, you know, that guy down the street who seems to be really angry, he has it. No, it's 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 something that we all share and when we just can be real and honest and authentic about that, then there's room for health for us and and I've had a couple relationships in my life, some people who are all of a sudden demonstrating a shocking level of self-awareness. <laughs> and and I'm talking about some Yay. relationships where wow. I have I haven't seen this for years. Yeah. And then all of a sudden some like some real honest talk about, oh no, I actually do mm-hmm. have stuff. Yeah. And I want to do something about it. And I mean, what that's like that's the dream, right? It is. I so <laughs> in all sincerity, I'm sitting with tears in my eyes. I really am, just because this is what we want for people. I mean, so everybody asks, what are they trying to do to you over there at Jacob's Well? We're actually trying to help you to know and become like Jesus. That's mm-hmm. what, because we think that would be the best for you. It brings glory to God. You'd be the best version of yourself. It's why you were created. It, it's it's the entire epic of what the Bible is all about that mm-hmm. culminates in the New Jerusalem. I mean, it, it's just um very cool thing. So this is what we're fighting for. Um, one of the things that really clarifies what we're trying to do here is when um, other things come up and say, well, why aren't we doing this? So one of the things I just, you know, feel just want to communicate. I've been sharing this with our board too, is one of the things that has led us to do more of this inner work life because some people will say, well, golly, maybe what we just need to do is tell people to do what evangelicals have been saying for a long time. Just read the Bible more. Mm-hmm. Just uh, keep a prayer list and do prayer more. Okay. Just serve and come to church. You know, um, I, I'm just going to say it. I don't believe in that. I just don't believe in it. After 33 mm. years of being a pastor, I don't believe that the answer is just read your Bible more and pray more. Mm. I actually believe that something more profound is different is needed. I believe in reading the Bible, read it all the day, mm-hmm. all the time. We're very pro We're these dwell, practices. Believe mm. the Bible, authority of the Bible, all that kind of thing. But if it were the case that just reading the Bible more led to righteousness, then the people Jesus would have celebrated were the Pharisees mm. because nobody took the Bible more seriously. Yep. Nobody read it more. They memor- To start as a pharisaical teacher, you memorized the first five books the of the Torah. Bible. Yeah, right. you memorized it word for word. So these are folks who just... That's the entire law, yes, everyone. That, just to say it, yes. like that's the entirety <laughs> yeah. of the Ten Commandments, yeah. the entire law, it, it, which is incredibly detailed. Yeah. Genesis is 50 chapters. Yeah. So that's the first book of five. Right, and then they memorize Leviticus. Yes, well, come on. So, I mean, and then they would, teaching, and I mean, they were all about a cerebral approach to what are the things I have to do to please God. And it, it just, it just, it, it, just the idea that, that, I mean, to tell a person who is not doing well mentally, emotionally, just read your Bible more, is almost cruel in, in, in certain contexts in a certain ways. So I said that pretty strong. Um, so what are we saying? Well, we're saying there's a different way to access the Word of God because the Word of God, again, you to say something, is only valuable if it leads to a relationship with Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. a love relationship. If it leads to, I mean, certainty, religiosity, it is a curse, it is actually a curse. Mm-hmm. You say the Bible is a curse. It can be a curse if it, it builds you with a kind of certainty. This is what Jesus said to the Pharisees. 
He says, you search the scriptures because in them you think you have life. They had made the scriptures God. They'd made the scriptures an idol. They thought the source of life were the scriptures. He said, but but these very scriptures testify about me mm-hmm. and you reject me. And 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 that that's the big dialogue in the Gospel of John, the, the confrontational dialogue he has with the religious leaders where, you know, he has the woes of Pharisees and Matthew. But the one in John is just, um, you know, you're listening to your father, the devil. Well, these are people who read the Bible every day. I mean, these are people who had deep monsters that would justify the falsely accusing sham trial and execution of Jesus. Yeah, That's a monster. And so if we don't understand the version of monster that can come with religiosity, we're, 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 we're very dangerous people. And so there's just a big need for us to take a step back. So okay, is there another way to access the word of God in such a way that it causes me to love God and love people that causes me to grow in self-awareness of myself that causes me to uh, live in a deeper relationship with God. Because if you're, if you're emotionally not well, if you're not self-aware, if you're um, relationally a broken person, just reading the Bible in such a way that it builds certainty, false narrative, justification is, is not a good thing. So that's, that's part of the reason why we're, we're calling people to you know, create an inner life where you're paying attention to what you're feeling. We're going to do a series for Christmas, actually, where we're going to be talking to people, paying attention to patterns of thought. Mm-hmm. If you take a little bit of time and you, think, you look at what the Bible actually says about what we think about, what our mind should be on, what we focus on, you know, Whatso, what, whatsoever man thinketh, so he is. And, and that's part of inner life too. So there's what we feel, pay attention to, that's how we're thinking, patterns of thought. If we're, we're doing that kind of work, that's, that's why we bring tools to the table like Enneagram. This is a tool that helps us come to terms with who we are, not so that we would replace it with, we'd replace the Bible or we would replace mm-hmm. discipleship, but that we would understand how to make the Bible come alive. Um, deepen our understanding of it. It actually shows us fresh and creative ways to connect with God and to c- connect with each other. It helps us. Ex- it helps us recognize things that are awesome about us and unique about us, and how our interactions have with people. It actually is really one of the only tools like this that really helps us clearly see our shadow side, uh, and in and, and deep, profound ways of layers of, of meaning. I want you to get this, um, which I'm holding up. If you could see me, you'd see I'm holding it up. <laughs> this Exploring the Enneagram that we put together, Shua and Annie have put this together. It is so well thought out. And and actually read it and actually do it in the order that it's done, including the section where there are three podcasts from um, um, a group of very conservative Christians um, who ask questions about basically, should Christians use the Enneagram? And they talk about the history, and they talk about the origin, and they talk about the secular source, and they talk about all those kinds of things like that. And I think give really good answers Mm -hmm. um, to the questions that are being put out there. If we understood just church history and, and, um, and, and, and the earliest Christians from like the first to like the 13th century, and really the first to the fourth century, they had a they had a major emphasis, including the Apostle Paul, about learning about yourself, mm-hmm. so that you could learn about God. In fact, it's a it's a quote from Augustine. He basically says, "To know thyself is to know God." Not that we are God, but that if you don't understand who you are, your weaknesses, your flaws, your strengths, what works for you, you're going to have a really difficult time 
connecting with God. And so, so there's just, there's just great resource there. So, so that's really what we want it to be. And, um, so many people have used it and again, strength in marriage, strengthen their own understanding. So that's why we bring it to the table. It comes from this passion to see Christ formed in people. And again, a conviction that just telling people, read your Bible more, come to church and pray. Um, it, it, I just, it just doesn't work. It, it doesn't work for Christ being formed in people. And so, um, so we need a, a, um, a, different approach to how we're reading the Bible and how we're accessing it a healthier way. Um, just so many of the words of Jesus are just resonating in my mind that, um, you know, we're, we're all very concerned about false teachers and false doctrines and all those kinds of things. I tend to think the really big false teachings are easy to see. So Gnosticism and, um, um, uh, the prosperity gospel and new age teaching mm-hmm. and those that that's mm-hmm. that shallow end of the pool stuff. Y- you know, the one that Jesus warned about more than anything else, the false teaching, uh, the one that looks just like us. So this is what Jesus said to his disciples. He said, watch out and be on guard against the yeast of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And so then his disciples said, well, is he mad because he didn't bring bread? He said, no, no, no. And he just repeated himself. So he, he says it twice, against the yeast of the Pharisees. He says there's something about the way the Pharisees and the Sadducees that Jesus said makes them children of the devil that is insidious. It's like yeast. He says it touches one part of the loaf and it spreads. And so it seems to me that the, the, the big false teaching that Jesus was really worrying, warning his disciples about was... was the, the disease of the Pharisees, the, this, 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 this making the Bible an idol that we know the Bible, but we don't know God. We love the Bible, but we don't love people. You know, we, 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 we make the Bible a list of rules and standards to display our righteousness. And it fills us with pride and arrogance and certainty rather than things like humility and wonder and growth and healthy relationships. So, so it's worth scrolling in and thinking about, okay, um, how do I, how do I protect myself from that kind of, that kind of, that kind of thing? That's why we're doing inner life. That's why we're doing, um, everything from the series we did on parables. Um, and you know, the, the whole understanding with parables of course is that again, think we can see we can't see we think we can perceive and all of this is the word of jesus and and we've become dull we've hardened ourselves and and there's just there's still a chance we're fighting for the breakthrough of a person going wow and that's why we did monster is because um so many people right now are governed by narratives and governed by um inattention to their shadow side and a lot of folks who are read the bible all the time they read the Bible all the time, but they do it in a way that is not healthy, that is toxic. So, yeah. Well, I don't know if that's going to confuse people or it's going to clarify for people, but there it is, Shua. Yeah. There it is. If you have any questions about this, Shua will sit down and explain it all to you. Thank you for that. Yes. <clears throat> yeah. Actually, we have a new formation pastor. He can. <laughs> I wonder if he's listening to these yet. He's going to have to. He's going to have to, just so he knows. <laughs> I better find out what those clowns are saying in there. Oh, man. Um, you know, I, I wonder if this wouldn't be one of those good podcasts for us just to pray. Mm. Yeah. You want to do that? 
Sounds good. All right. Let me let, let me pray. You got anything else you want to add before I pray? I don't think so. All right. I just did. <sighs> Father, we um we've said some some powerful things, some big things, some challenging things. And I know there are folks listening to the podcast right now that they're seeking you. They want to be like you. And so, Father, right now in Jesus' name, I would just pray that you would send your spirit out to each one of us. And first and foremost, you would remind us of Jesus and the cross, his life, and what that meant and what it taught us, his death, and what that won for us and his resurrection, what that promises for us, that we are forgiven, that we are children of God, that we have a new identity. Uh, I just pray, Father, that that would inspire us to live in a relationship with you, your son, your spirit, in such a way that we know that we are safe, we are forgiven, we are accepted, that the gospel makes uh, everything different. And Father, I pray that we would avoid the trap of developing a relationship with the Bible without developing a relationship with you, Um, that we would avoid the trap of being people who um, are puffed up with knowledge but not building up and built up with love. I would pray, Father, that we would be on guard. We'd watch out for the yeast of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. I would pray, Father God, that we each would have the courage to ask you, as the psalmist says, to search me and try me, test me, see if there are any ways in me. That we would learn the art of confession in Psalms 51, you know, create in me a clean heart, renew in me a steadfast spirit. Against you and you alone have I sinned. Father, we do just pray that, that we would learn how to just align our understanding with your understanding and we would be lined up with reality teach us teach us father the joy of that the freedom of that. give us courage to do that father god i just pray that you would just um you would just help us feel your heart for christ being formed in us that you deeply desire christ to be formed in us you you say in the book of Romans that those you foreknew, you predestined to be conformed or formed into the image of Christ. That is what you you are working towards. And may that passion be our passion for ourselves, for our families, for our, our brothers and sisters in Christ. May it be evident by how we love you and love each other, not what we know, but how we are known and how we love. Father, we love you and we need you. We ask that you would guide us. I do pray, Father, that if anything we said was over the top or too much, you would just convict us of that too. We're on this journey too. And so, Father God, I just pray that you would continue to guide us, continue to walk with us as we lift all these things up in Jesus' name. Amen.